Welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and this is our Q&A show. Our topic today is coaching, consulting, and counseling, and we really have two focal points. One, if you're a human who wants to progress in your life, getting guidance can be powerful. Should you get some? From who? A coach, consultant, or counselor? And we talk about the differences. Two, if you are or want to be a coach, consultant, or counselor and want to increase your sanity, help your clients more, and make more money, what should you do? We kick off with a three-minute clip from Zig Ziglar where he talks about the reality that we all have weak areas and could probably use help. And if we have a healthy self-image, we will seek out help. He actually includes a true story of his son and Ziegler's CEO, who you all know well, Tom Ziegler, who got help for himself in a certain area. Well, from the message, I posted this question on Facebook. Who has ever hired a coach or consultant or counselor with good results? We got responses from such a wide variety of experiences. Well, I had Michelle Prince join me. She has coached for many years in many areas of business. Right now, she's focused on book publishing, nonfiction primarily with business people who want to expand their messages. If that's you by chance, uh, you can find her at michelleprince.com. But what this led into, our discussion, was hitting what I believe are key topics for those who could benefit from paid help, which I think is all of us, and it's things you need to know. Uh, we also hit key elements those who are coaches, consultants, and counselors need to know for themselves, their businesses, and their clients. Uh, as our entire listening audience is here to progress I don't know if anyone is listening that this show is not highly relevant for. Okay, here then, Michelle Prince and I discuss your comments to the question, who has ever hired a coach or consultant or counselor with good results? Well, Michelle, I think, you know, to get, to get the, uh, you know, notice the elephant in the room, we have both been, and, and I think you still do a lot, well, you do a lot of coaching. I have done a lot in the past. So we have been in that arena. We promote that. I think everybody knows that. So with that said, I do want to have just a candid discussion. We've got some folks who shared comments uh, about some coaching they had that didn't pan out uh, for the best. So uh, there's good and bad stories here. Hopefully we'll do justice to both sides. Good. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll dive. lots we can say, but it, we got really great comments. I think it'll pull out everything we would think of um, right off the bat here. Graham Yautzee. He says, I have had great results. I have three coaches right now. Plus I am one. Um, I, he said, I have one for speaking. She helps me with all my presentations. Second is for fitness and he keeps me in line and accountable. Finally, one to keep me accountable in my business. We meet quarterly because it is what, uh, it, because it's what I do and I'm, and I'm, I'm good, but I need to have my feet held to the fire. That's what I like. He literally was the first one to respond. And my thought was right away is, man, if you are a coach who gets coaching, you just went to the top of my list because I do have some personal sore spots, Michelle, from my brethren in the coaching arena, where coaching and consulting, where it, it kind of, it, well, I'll put counseling in there too. In there too. And when you're an expert here, it, you can really quick think you're an expert everywhere and come off like you've, you know it all and don't seek your own help. So this guy's at the top of my list. I love it. And I love it too, because I actually know Graham <laughs> and I know what he, what he does and the fact, and he does walk the talk and there is, especially coaches more than anybody coaches need a coach because we are constantly growing. We need to, you know, continue to sharpen our, our saw. 
um, while we're helping other people. And so uh, I love that he's doing that because I know he does some coaching as well. And um, but yeah, there there's no in my opinion, I don't think there's one coach per person. I think that meaning that there's not one person that's going to be your everything. And just like Graham, you know, when I started my business, uh, gosh, 10 years ago now. But when I hired my very first coach, it was for one reason. It was for speaking. It was for getting me out of, uh, you know, getting my book out there. And then I hired another coach, a financial coach to kind of help me with building a business. And then I had, a, you know, another coach and another coach. And so I think it's important to see that it's not one shoe fits all. And you need it for all the different aspects of your life, really for the whole wheel that yeah. we talk about the Ziegler wheel. Okay. I have something to say on what you just pointed out, but I'm going to read the next one because it's a great lead in, uh, Steve Rosen. He posts a lot. A lot of us know him. Uh, he's been, I'll call him a fitness coach in essence, but he said, well, he replied, he said, yes, I had a coach. His name was Kevin Miller. So I did do a lot of consulting and I'll get to the point of that. Uh, but he said, I'm more than happy to tell you about my experience if you guys would like. And he puts a smiling face, uh, but he says he also just applied for college. This was yesterday. He and he did it that day. I think he's 42 and he says it was for the simple reason to learn and get better, not for grades, prestige, or a degree. I'm motivated to increase my knowledge of fitness just in case I come out of retirement. He's, he's retired for the moment and start to play again uh, one day. He says, the cool thing is that I'll always be a free agent. And he'll put, he put that in quotes. Thanks to your example, wisdom and coaching. Well, first off, of course, humbly, thank you, Steve. Good plug. Good plug for me, even though I don't do, uh, I don't do much coaching or consulting these days, but, um, uh, what I wanted to point out there, something important, and you said it, uh, gosh, I can't remember what you said a minute ago, Michelle, that made me think of it, but coaching, I think you said just in different areas of life. That's the one that I want us to, oh, I got a soapbox there. Um, I did do, I went through a time of doing business consulting and I think I build myself as that. And then, uh, uh, to make a long story short, I got more niched. Let's just say part of it was because I know that it sold better to, to have a, a better niche. At one point I was doing, I don't think I've ever told you this. I was doing branding and positioning coaching for authors. Really? I did. It was, and it was after having gone to a book uh, sellers convention, you know, dealers only, whatever, but I got in and I came back with all these books, just, you know, literally loads and loads of uh, bags of books. And over time would read some books and some of them, I thought, oh my gosh, this is the most incredible anointed uh, message I've ever heard. What a bummer that maybe mm -hmm. 2000 people tops will read it because the cover's terrible. It looks like a kindergartner did it. The, the, the title is stupid and non-compelling, yada, yada. And so mm -hmm. I went after because I just have an angst for seeing a good message die from anybody. Mm -hmm. I want, I want it to go. So, okay. Back to that, uh, specialist. That's what my point was is specialty coaching. And there was a time back when coaching kind of came into the masses. I think we heard a lot about life coaching. So I'll throw this at you. Cause I don't know where you stand. I, right now, if somebody tells me they're a life coach, I, eh, is, is what I feel like because a lot, seriously, yeah, I can help you in any area of your life. There is no person on planet earth who can help me with every, who has succeeded in every area of my life. And if there is, I'm so sorry, but I don't believe you. You're better off to go do a niche because I'm not going to believe that. So I'll, I'll stop there and throw it at you. <laughs> 
Well, we may be a little tainted because, you know, we, we do meet a lot of coaches yeah. and frankly, life coaching, like you said, that kind of started 10, 15 years yeah. ago. And when it first started, I think it did have more clout, but because so many people became quote unquote life coaches, mm-hmm. whether they went through certification or they just kind of put the, that hat on when they were not necessarily managing their own life. Well, <laughs> you know, started to give that, that life coach a bad or industry, a bad name. So I, I prefer, like you said, specializing, not everybody knows what to help someone. I'll be very, very upfront and frank. I, I learned, you know, I started with my business after I wrote the book. I did start with coaching quite a bit, but I learned really quick. I am not a good uh, life type coach or mm-hmm. somebody like a, like a counselor or somebody that's, you know, really there to uh, hold their hand and guide them. I'm much more, I'm much more like, okay, here's the plan. Here's how you do it. Here's how you execute. Boom, 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 boom. Let me point you in the right direction and go. So maybe that's more consulting yeah. versus that, that ongoing coaching, but I don't know. We all just have our gifts, (laughs) but I do, I do love like you, the specialized coaching because, you know, mine is more specific to writing a book, building a speaker platform, but you know, there's, there are so many other things I probably could coach someone on, but you know, there's only so much time in a day and you really have to specialize in order to get the people that you can help the most. I, I agree with you. I do. And I will say folks that even if you think you have lots of areas, I think you will get more traction. So I'm speaking to those who want to coach if, just from a marketing standpoint, you will get more traction if you choose a specific niche. So back to, to, to myself, you know, doing business coaching and I finally got in what I free agent Academy. And that's what Steve Rosen was talking about is something I led for a long time uh, and worked with well over a thousand people there. And I, really drilled down into working with people who were in traditional employment and wanted to start something self-employed. That's where I started doing most of my uh, coaching and consulting. And, and it's where I was good. Cause if you look at business and I joke about this and it sounds bad, but it was really, it was said, it was said in all love. And it was true. My wife at one point, she said, honey, you do all this, you know, business coaching consulting. You're not that good of a businessman. And she meant overall, <laughs> I said, you're to-. she's so right because there's so many areas of business. If we think about that and break it down, um, mm-hmm. I struggle in the businesses that I start because I am not good in so many things. I am good at, you know, here's the vision. Here's an idea that can fulfill that. And how can we make that legit? I'm really good there and good in some of the marketing and sales. But then when you look at building out the business, the operations, the back end, yes. the management, the admin, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, not, not even just bad. I'm, I'm terrible in some of those areas. So I've got to get people there. So for me to, to counsel somebody. And so since that time, over that time, you know, I'd have people say, gosh, you know, I want you to do that. I said, where are you at? What would you do? And I'd find people who had a business. It was already started. It was doing well. They needed to maximize that. Now I can come up with some good ideas from a marketing and promotion side, but you've got back end stuff. You may need more help here. And so I started uh, giving away referrals to other people. Hey, this guy's good at operations. This guy's good at manufacturing. This guy's good. Cause I have no, like no idea. Yeah. And you're not doing the, the, the people you're coaching any service. If you say that you are good in all of these areas, because yeah. let's face it, we all have, um, you know, I have go-to marketing people or I have go-to, um, you know, printers and things like that, because those aren't my, my gifts. I know what to do and and up to a certain point. And then I have to take my clients and move, you know, direct them somewhere else. But I think that's how you serve your, your, your um, coaching clients is by telling them, look, this is what I'm really, really good with. Yeah. This is where I'm this, I am not the expert and I'm going to point you to in the direction of who is in that area. 
and I'll walk with you until you get there. <laughs> you know? Uh, yes. And what you said though, is so important, I think too, because as a coach, consultant, counselor, whatever, when you try to come off as being all knowing in, in all areas or even all knowing, even in your area without some humility, I'll tell you, it's just a bad sales move. You will get, I mean, there's been studies done. You will have more people trust you and employ you if you claim some humility and say, Hey, I don't know it all, but I I've got, you know, I'm pretty strong here and I'm strong with the framework. I can help you to a certain point. When I get to a point that I don't know, then I'll let you know. And I'll, I'll refer you on your trust factor just went through the roof. Uh, so marketing wise, again, kind of along with the niching, uh, there's, there's some, there's some free coaching folks. Well, actually, <laughs> well, no, I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that. We'll, we'll talk about the difference between consulting, coaching, and counseling here in a second. Uh, Jennifer, she says, I have gotten coaching. It helped me tremendously. Uh, and I actually asked her what specific area. She says, after reading a ton of sales and motivation books, including Ziegler, I decided my kind of sale is pretty unique and faces specific objections. So I hired a coach specific to my industry and increased my sales significantly. Well, I, I asked further and she, she shared, she is selling timeshares. Mm. Okay. So it's not a, a pro think about that. If you're, if I'm selling you a, a water bottle, you get the water bottle. If I'm selling you a service, I'm mowing your yard. I do that. She's selling something. A timeshare is something. Do you really own it? You know? And so it is, it's unique. So she's saying that she got some coaching, some leading and it, I mean, it helps some, but maybe not as much. She went and got somebody right dead on in her area. That is brilliant. And I think we're often unaware of how niched we can do that, uh, we can find coaching in. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'll use the example for what I do with books. You know, I am definitely a great coach when it comes to somebody who's writing a nonfiction book and they want to use it to build a platform. That's mm. that's mm -hmm. my sweet spot. But we have people that have tried to, you know, come through our either our coaching or I've, you know, talked with them one on one and they wanted us, you know, to work together and they wanted to do like a fiction book or mm -hmm. something totally different, a, a different goal. And so I would say not just the same industry because, you know, with books, it's like, okay, well, yeah, I'm, I help people with books, but more drill it down even more. I would say, what are the goals? Find somebody that's already accomplished the goals that you yeah. want, because we all have different reasons why we start a business, write a book, become a coach, right? Yeah. So what, what is the end game that you want? And then go find somebody that has that end game. And I want to say one more thing on that, Kevin, find somebody that shares the same values. Mm. This is in my opinion, so, so, so important because there are so many consultants and coaches out there. Um, look at what they're doing, that they're achieving, right? The same goals, but look at them behind the scenes. Are they similar in terms of personality, values, you know, groups of people that they hang around because you are going to be uh, connecting yourself with this person. And so it is really, really important that, you know, you choose wisely. That's a great point to put out. In that, yeah, one, we're going to look at somebody's acumen, you know, so if you want business coaching, look at the person, Hey, he's, you know, done five different, you know, five multi-million dollar companies. Great. And here's somebody who, gosh, it doesn't look like they've done as much, but yeah. Do you connect with them? One and two, is that person really a good teacher? I had somebody recently, actually, I've, I've had two different people in recent uh, times ask me to help them in an area of their life that they have seen success in my life. I read something recently. It was something to the effect of where, 
some of the areas where you have inherent talents, giftings, abilities, skills, you have a really hard time teaching because you, mm. you didn't get taught those. Um, I would probably be a better teacher on some aspects of construction because when we build our house and I didn't know, I knew nothing and I had to be taught. I kind of understand that process, but there's a lot of areas of my life where I do a good job. And, and uh, to be honest, somebody asked me uh, counsel on how to do a good interview and, and some of those things. Not that I haven't honed my craft, but I don't know. I just tend to do well in that arena. Um, and I don't know how to teach. So again, to vet somebody just because they've had great success, are they a good teacher as well as what you said? Do you connect with them personally? Those are, I had never thought about that, Michelle. Those are two great vetting, uh, aspects for going after something. Thank you. I'll I'll use those next time I get somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Karis Cohn. She says, I did several years ago. I was working for a very bad boss. I needed to find a new job, but mentally I was a mess, doubting my sales ability, questioning my career choice, et cetera. A contact at a former client uh, had gone out on her own to be a career counselor. I called her up, had several sessions where she helped clean up my resume, prepared me for my interviews, and I landed a job with a great company. I'm still here six and a half years later. I give her a ton of credit for helping me get I get my head on straight and understand that I am good at what I do. Uh, in addition, shortly after starting my job, I hired a coach whom I met with once a week to keep me on track mentally. Hiring them was the best career decision I've ever made. It paid off big time. Great testimonial. That is a great testimonial. Career coaching is a super, I mean, that is super important, mm-hmm. especially if you haven't been out in the marketplace in a while. You need somebody who knows the up-to-date ways to you know, get in front of a, a company's you know, HR department or or what have you. I mean, shoot, somebody who hasn't been around out looking in the market for a long time might not know how to really leverage LinkedIn or some of the, yeah. the newer ways that, that companies are looking for people. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Well, I want to take that uh, to speak for us to speak real quick, Michelle. She says, uh, Kara, she said, I uh, it was a former client that she had that had gone out. So somebody that she knew. Um, let's speak real quick on, you know, the, the hot ticket here on paid or not, because I'll admit I am so fortunate as you are, Michelle, to know a lot of people. And there's a lot of people that you can call and just get counsel from and get guidance from. So I, I love that. However, uh, a stark experience in my own life. I had a good friend who wanted some help branding their business and wanted to pay me. I'm like, are you kidding? You're one of my best friends. I'll just do it for you. Well, we went on and on and on until the day it came. And he says, Kevin, give me a link to pay you because if I don't pay you, you'll never make me a priority. I want you to get, I want you to have skin in the game and to really help me. Okay. That was on that side. On the other side, I had my dad, Dan Miller of 48 days fame would tell me a long time ago. And he's preached this. He does a lot of coaching of coaches. And he said, don't ever take anyone for free. Um, they will not value it. And, he, and at that time he said, it's the free coaching or consulting sessions that he set up that people were most prone to not show up to. And so he came back and he said that, and I think it was Kent Julian, who's a speaker, uh, speaking coach who said, you know, don't do it for free, get something out of it. Even you say, okay, I'll help you. But then I want a testimonial. I want a raving video. I want something out of it, put something on their side. So on the paid or not aspect, I generally am going to veer towards paying somebody though. Again, admittedly, I'm grateful to get a lot of help well, gosh, you and I have been trading counsel mm-hmm. with each other on books and podcasting and stuff. And, and I would say that's as good as, as somebody I could pay for, but we're doing it as an aspect of reciprocity too. 
I don't know. Any thoughts on that, on just the paid or not aspect? You know, I, I do have some thoughts on this. I really do believe that when you invest in yourself, you're more likely to follow through. It's one thing to just go have lunch with somebody, get some advice, and then it's like, okay, yeah, that's some good ideas. But if you have skin in the game and you've paid thousands of dollars to to work with this person, you're not only going to just take down everything they say to do, but you're going to go and implement And that's really the key. My very first coach I ever hired, I had just published my book. Y'all may or may not know my story, but I didn't really intend to build a business. Once I wrote a book, it was just something I did. But when I realized that I needed to actually do something with it and build a business, I hired a coach. Hmm. That coach was a couple thousand dollars. I did not have a couple thousand dollars. I remember putting it on a credit card and saying a prayer. But you know what? Every single week when we had a call, I was on fire, meaning like whatever he told me to do, I did it. I implemented it. And because I had skin in the game and I had to make it work. I've had a lot of people through the years say, Hey, let's do a, you know, free mastermind or, you know, let's get together and hear it. But like you said, if there's no skin in the game, people aren't going to show up Mm -hmm. and they're not going to implement. And then they're not going to value it. Um, People do value you at the, at the, at what you value yourself. So if you're throwing it out there for free now, you and I are the lot alike. And in fact, I have some friends even right now that are, you know, calling and emailing me all the time for, for advice that people pay me for, but it's a fine line. Um, you know, and when you really want to see that person succeed, you have to hold them accountable to do something, pay you or do something. I agree. So I think it's great for everybody to hear that to whether if you're a coach that you need to be charging, and and charging probably more than you are is, is what I find one and that, yeah, you're going to have less success with those you don't charge. And on the other side, if you're looking for counsel, I mean, if, you know, again, great. If you can get some free counsel, great. But I I generally find that, you know, even I invest, you invest less, you, you, you don't put as much into it. Yeah. I want to say one more thing on that for those who do need a mentor or coach and don't feel like you have the budget. I totally get it. Like I said, I've been there, but also never disrespect someone by assuming that they will give you free advice or that they have Mm. the time, you know, so never, this would be my advice. And I learned this from somebody else's, you know, that all that, that, that whole, uh, Hey, you want to get to that for lunch? I just want to pick your Mm -hmm. brain. Great. But if it's only one sided and you're only expecting to get and you're not giving, then that's that's starting off a bad relationship right off the bat. And you're not going to get the results from them. Like you said, they're not going to give you the time, but find a way to serve. If you really don't have the budget, then go and find a way to serve that person that you want to mentor with or coach with. Volunteer to work their event or, you know, volunteer to to do something Go buy them lunch, whatever. But don't just assume that that. Uh, people have the time or, or the, you know, desire to just give up all that information for free. You know, my dad, Dan Miller, he's in the Nashville area. And the joke there is that, you know, he, he costs lots, lots and lots of money for coaching and consulting. Um, but he also has lunches so often with people and gives it away for free. And he got to a point of, and I, gosh, am I ratting him out here? I don't know if he shared this publicly or privately. He said, <laughs> he said, it's so interesting how often people will ask that, you know, pick his brain. They're looking for free coaching consulting and, and, and they'll ask him for lunch. He'll go and how often he'll see the hesitation. They kind of expect him to pay for it. He's the big guy, you know, the wealthy guy, whatever. And he says it has nothing to do with whether he can afford to buy lunch every day for, for everyone. It's still that respect 
aspect and, and it spoke to me and I have gone to many business meetings, investor meetings, whatever, with people who, uh, they could, they could buy my life, you know, 50 times Mm -hmm. over and I'm making sure that I pay for that thing. What it says to them. Um, Yeah. So just to what you said too, to honor and respect those folks. Value them for what they're worth. Yes. Yes. To what you said a second ago too, here's a great one. Marvin Pennick. He says, I hit a point in life where I was tired of knowing, but not doing that right there. I I would say, put that as a thing. Do you need a life coach? Is there anything that you know, but you're not doing? There's impetus to get a coach, but he says, hiring a coach is the best thing I've ever done. Uh, and he did it in the personal growth and leadership area. And he did it a lot for accountability. Um, and I wanted to, I wanted to pull that out accountability back to the payment thing. I have had people say, you know what? I went and spent money on a coach, consultant, counselor, or an event even. And mm-hmm. I did it and I bought the plane ticket, you know, paid the big bucks. And some of it, I did it just to know, just for the accountability of knowing if I invested that much in it, I felt like I had to get something out or I had to show my spouse something out of it. And I needed the investment to make me accountable. Um, obviously having a coach there from accountability is more than just the money you put in there, knowing that you're going to have to do a follow-up call, uh, the next week is so powerful. I think for some people, just those two aspects of, I invested in it. So I've got to get something out of it and I've got somebody who's going to be following up with me. I'm going to have to do something. It may be worth just those reasons, even if the person doesn't have that much to offer you. And I'll tell you, Michelle, I was blown away at first. I was embarrassed. And then I got to have a little more confidence in it. When I would do a call, I'm charging somebody a lot of money. We would do a bunch of calls. Uh, and they would recite back, Oh my gosh, Kevin, life change, all this stuff. And I felt like I, I never, I asked some good questions. Okay. I'll, I'll give myself that. I asked some good questions. I don't, I never really, you just talked the whole time. I, I was just, I was just sitting, but Hey, if you got value, awesome. And I think it was accountability as much or more than my counsel. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Just yesterday we were having, I have a group mastermind that I do with Howard Partridge and, and we have an amazing group of people. And, and one of the ladies on the call said that we, we meet every week and every week we ask them, okay, what are you going to be account- accountable for this week? And then when we get back on the call the next week, all right, what did you do? And one of the ladies said that, you know, it's just getting on the call every week, you know, that stress of like, okay, we're going to have this call and I'm going to have to say I've done nothing, you know? Yeah. And I, I remember being that way. I wanted to, especially once you find a coach or a consultant that you really truly respect yes. and value, I wanted to make them proud. I wanted yeah. them to say, great job. And if I said I was going to do it by next week, by golly, I was going to do it by next week. So that accountability, don't underestimate it. When you say you're going it's, to, it's our word is, is everything. And if you tell somebody you're going to get something complete and you don't do it, Nobody likes that feeling. So talk about a great way to stay on track with your goals. Just put some money down, hire a coach and be accountable because you will do it for, for various reasons, but it, there's just power in what, it. What you just said reminded me that there have been times, well, there are, I say, even now people, there are people that I'm getting guidance and counsel from who I want to impress Uh, you said, make them proud, but I've also done because a lot lot of times I'm getting counsel from somebody in an arena I'm involved with and they have some incredible connections and resources that I'd really like. I I do want to impress them. I want to show Mm -hmm. up and play the game. Well, uh, for that aspect too, I want the connection. And I, I'm sure you've heard that and experienced that so much too, where not only with a good coach consultant, uh, did you get good value out of it? But that person was able to connect you with other people. So the value can go far again, beyond the sessions. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, well, here's an interesting one. You and I talked about this actually before we started the show here as we were chatting about it. Uh, James Ryan Dobson. And if folks, if that sounds familiar and you know James Dobson, this is his son. Uh, so, uh, oh, wow. grateful that he popped in here. He's, he's a relative neighbor. He lives down in Colorado Springs, so not too far from me. Um, but he says, uh, me, me, me. He says, I've done it. Wow. He says a good coach can totally make the difference. Also a bad one is less than worthless. Okay. Well, what you and I talked about there, here is some of the rub with coaching that really causes us to vet people for their background, for their experience, for their achievements, for their testimonials from other people that you might want to connect with. You find a coach who gives testimonials from people with live websites and you can go see those people or connect with them. That's huge because the downside or one of the downsides is, and I'm going to pick on realtors. Forgive me, folks. I've been involved in that industry. So hopefully it gives me a little credibility to do it, but you know, to get a realtor's license, it's not the hardest thing in the world, not to downplay it, but it's not super hard. And then you go out there to look for a realtor and find one realtor next to another world of difference. It's not that, I mean, coaching and consulting, you do not have to have licensure like a counselor. So anybody can do that. You can call yourself a coach and put your shingle out. So you do have to watch that and look for their experience because yes, the, the bad side, I think some people don't, I do want to free some people from discounting coaches and consultants because they have had a bad experience or they had a friend who decided to hang a shingle out and say, Hey, I can coach and can't. And they're going, you don't know diddly. Okay. You got, those are the exceptions. Um, but that is a real concern. Absolutely. And I go on, there's two sides of that coin because in one, on one hand, you know, when we have information, when, you know, when we are passionate and have experience about something and, and what, let's say we share it in a book, then you realize, well, that information is only going to really benefit somebody who reads books. What if I could take that information and put it in a seminar or put it in a coaching program and all that? So I see the benefit of, of folks, including myself, when I started just repurposing content that they're already sharing and making a difference yeah. with for people who learn best through coaching. And, and we're all reading or attending a seminar. Yeah. So for in those cases, but now you have to legitimately have a message that you know will impact other people that you're passionate about and experience. You have to have the credibility factor. You can't say you're a life coach and then you can't pay your bills and you, you're homeless, right? So show me where the proof is that you have become an expert in this. And I'm more than happy to give you, you know, a, a good size investment. But what happens is, is a lot of people don't follow that model. They, they, they say, well, if this person can coach, I can coach. And, and I have seen it time and time again. Um, I have had some bad coaching experiences. I'd say 95% of the coaches I've hired have been phenomenal and I am a better person because of it. But there were a couple that maybe I didn't do as much due diligence on as I probably should yeah. have. And I didn't get much more than what I already knew going into it, yeah. frankly. But you have to know, you have to do the research. You have to talk to the testimonials. If they don't have anyone for you to talk to, that might be a red flag. It might just be somebody saying, Hey, you know what? I'm looking for some extra cash flow. I'm going to say I'm a coach. Um, <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's a fine line because I can see both sides. And the truth is, Kevin, when I became, when I started coaching, true story. I, so when I wrote my first book winning in life now, and we did the book launch and it became a bestseller, somebody bought my book and they're out somewhere in Minnesota or somewhere out there in that part of the country. I didn't know them. 
got a call and this woman says, Hey, I want to hire you as my coach. And I said to her, I said, well, I don't coach. <laughs> I, I just wrote a book. I'm not a coach. And she said, no, no, no. I want to pay you to coach me. And I literally said to her, well, why would you pay me if everything I would teach you is in this $20 book? And she's, this is what changed my mind about. She said, well, because this is how I learn best. I need somebody to hold my hand. She had some very specific goals and I was good at goal setting. I was good at accountability. And she said, I need somebody every week to hold me accountable. And, and I agreed, but it was funny. I was so reluctant at first, like, well, I'm, I'm not a coach, but I, when we got down to it, what I was really good at was holding people accountable and having a game plan and putting together a strategy and goal setting. And, and that's how I got into coaching. I didn't have a certification. Um, and I know that's, that's a mixed bag. Some people believe you must have a certification to be a certain type of coach. Others don't. It really just depends on what you're coaching on, but I kind of started that way, right? So I have, I have uh, respect and I also have, you know, uh, it's tough for those who don't have that backing behind them to get started. Okay. Okay. You, there's so many uh, questions and folks, if you want to go see all the testimonies for people who had uh, good and we do, there are some who said I had a bad experience. Uh, they didn't, I didn't, they didn't go into detail, but if you want to look at that on my Facebook page, agent K Miller, you can find that. And it was posted April 24th, 2019. You can see more here. Now I say that because I don't know how many we're going to get through because you just hit about three different points that I want to talk to you about. Um, one is for those of you who are out there who would like to be a coach, there are a lot, coach, consultant, whatever. There are a lot of people who are inspired because they experience good coaching, good consulting. They want to go do that. I'm so grateful that you were inspired by that. That does not have any relevance to whether you are a good coach or a consultant. Uh, what you said, Michelle, my first paid uh, consult, uh, coaching consulting was, um, and actually I'm a different, that's the, we're going to talk about those two things in just a second, uh, was from somebody who asked me, it was an author who heard some mm -hmm. things that I had done with another author, uh, who was actually my dad. And she said it was at a, at another event, it was at a nonprofit event or whatever. And she, she said, I, I want you to do that. I want to pay you to do that. Really? I ended up doing, I think three different coaching packages with her over a few years as I started working with a lot of authors. That was the advice that I got again from my dad, Dan Miller. He gives out to people. He says one good, uh, indicator that coaching might be for you is are people already asking for your advice. Now, the big caveat I'll put there is I had over the years, people then say, oh yeah, people come and talk to me all the time. What I realized they're, they're a good listening ear. That's very mm. different. If you're something that somebody that people feel comfortable with and they come and tell you and you can give them a good hug and a, a pat on the back and whatever, that's a listening ear and God bless you for that. That's very different from people saying, Hey, I've got something I want to understand. Can you give me some advice? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I hear you nodding. I know you've been through all this stuff. So, uh, yeah, comments on that one. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm kind of nodding and laughing at the same time because the, the, that's kind of how I evolved. You know, it started with somebody asking and then I thought, oh, well, this is, this isn't so bad. This isn't so hard. Well, but then I realized, no, 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 I need to get, I, I need to coach on what I'm number one, I have experience in and number two, I'm passionate about. The other thing with coaching I learned is that you are trading time for dollars. So mm -hmm. meaning, if you're on the phone a lot or you're doing one-on-ones a lot, or you're doing lunches a lot. So it better be a topic that you are willing to spend a good amount of your time investing in someone else. And so for me, what happened is over the years, I just got very, 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 very clear on, okay, what kind of coaching do I like to do? 
where do I have some experience and, and just do that. And that's, that's what I do with the book coaching and all that, because I could talk about a lot of things. You could talk about a ton of things, but there's only so much time in the day and you have to narrow it down and get very specific. So anyway, I, w- I was just kind of laughing because I was thinking of my own journey. And Well, and I do, and I'll put this in the intro again on shameless promotion of you folks. If you're look, if you're interested in writing a book specifically, yeah, a nonfiction book and you're business related, um, Michelle is one of the, I, I don't know who better to send you to than Michelle. So she, you're hearing her and um, getting to know her through these shows here. And what is the primary website? Is it book bound by the sea that you would want people to go to? Bookbound workshop okay. or michelleprince.com, either one. <clears throat> okay. So go there. It's, uh, I, I, the testimonials I hear, especially through the Ziegler arena that I'm in are incredible. I do want to pull out real quick though, something that you said, and it was in regards to your own coaching that you are good with holding people accountable and making a plan. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, this is my two cents on a differentiating uh, aspect between coaching and consulting. I started off saying I was a coach. I ultimately went and specifically used the word consultant. I am good at meeting with somebody. My, my greatest forte was somebody who has an idea, have got an idea, or, uh, I've got a few ideas that I'd like to do, go after from a you know, self-employed venture or, or whatever. I am really good there to come and figure out how it fits the marketplace, how, or if it fits you, how to integrate it within your life right now, where you may have your day job and this is on the side, how to, orig- how to initially take this to market. I am really good there. After that, I am not really that good. And I'm really not good at exactly what you said, holding people accountable, which to me comes out now after the consultant. Now it's, do you, do you remember the old? Gosh, some people will remember this. There was a, a commercial some years back. Don't remember the company. And it was two guys sitting in front of another guy who's behind the desk, obviously like a CEO type guy. And they're explaining this, explaining this. And he says, all right, let's do it. And they both look at each other and says, uh, we don't actually help you do it. Okay. That, that was, that's kind of me. Here's what you go do. Now go do it. I'll connect you with people. But as far as the daily walking it out, I'm not that, I'm not that good. Somebody once put it this way to me, you're either the kind of person that likes to light the fire or you're the person that keeps the flame lit and, you know, and and we're all different. And so, but there's different types of coaching and consulting. Now, what's funny is I have evolved more to, I enjoy more feeding into people, seeing what the, I see in them, because sometimes people can't see it yet, pulling it out of them and then giving them a plan and saying, go, (laughs) you know, you can do this. Um, Versus the holding their hand every, every single, you know, year after year after year. So just determining what kind of a person are you, you know, and where are you best suited to serve people that you want to coach? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, again, as far as that, do you want to be a coach or do you want to be a consultant? That's how I look at it. But I know that the Mm -hmm. word is used. Those words are used interchangeably. So I'll hear somebody say, call themselves a consultant and they really are good at the day to day, you know, ongoing coaching. And likewise, people who call themselves coaches who are not so good. So again, I think you're up to vet that unfortunately yourself because the terms are used interchangeably for your own work though. I tend to veer that way. That's, that's my own, um, that's my advice is if you, I love what you said. I'd never heard that Michelle. If you like to light that fire, help conceive the idea mm-hmm. or the direction uh, that somebody should go and motivate them along that. Uh, that's more what I call consulting and, and guiding, let other, but not the day-to-day coaching. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
That's a and, cr- different, and I know people that are so good on, on the day-to-day and I know people so good on the strategy and the upfront. So we just all have different gifts and determining what that one is for you is going to save you a lot of heartache, a lot of time, and you're going to help a lot more people. Well, there's a couple more here. I do want to, um, there's one more point I want to get to, but let me, let me read a couple. Jen McDonough. Uh, she says, I have coaches and mentors in my life. I have since I was 17. The goal is to have a coach and or a mentor at all times for at least one area of my life, whether that be in my personal life or my business life. Truly, it's worth the investment of my time, energy, and monies when I can shorten the learning curve, learn from other people's costly mistakes so I can avoid them and not have to reinvent the wheel. My success comes from standing on the shoulders of others who have gone before me. And she says, your dad, and I know Jen, she's my dad. So Dan Miller has been a huge mentor coach to me over the years. He allowed me to seek what was possible even when I didn't know it existed. Uh, Very grateful to have the coaches and mentors such as Dan in my life and enjoy being a coach and mentor to others. It's something I don't take for granted. Uh, Thank you for that, Jen. And I wanted to pull out of that, Michelle, that let's go back to where we started, where we somewhat dissed the term life coaching. Um, I think any good coaching, I think it's hard. You can have some facets of business specifically, but any type of coaching, even if it's business, it has to involve some personal aspects of, of you one and some areas that I would call getting into somebody's life. So you can call that life coaching. But what I found out though, is even as I was promoting myself as a, you know, to to authors branding, you know, for authors or later on specifically for self-employment in getting to as somebody employing me, hiring me real quick, we ended up life coaching. So if your desire is to life coach is to really help and get in and understand the context of somebody's life and help them in that and find where they need help. Um, there are people who can do that. Look at a comprehensive approach. So I don't mean to discount that, but I'll say your best way to do that though, is to get in through a specific niche. And I've got, I'm sure you do. How many people have hired you to help them with a book and you did life coaching and helped them with their, who knows what their business, their marriage, their finances, all, all different types of areas. That is exactly right. And I think it's just more the title. We aren't as comfortable with life coach, but you're right. Every coaching session starts with the beliefs. You know, what, what are, what are you holding in? What, what's holding you back? Because there's obviously, why did you hire me as your coach? What, what ultimately are some things in your personal life, professional life that you'd like to see change? Those are all very specific life issues. But if you lead with that, then you're just amongst the sea of all these others that are out there and you're not really showing the value you can provide. Right. Um, you mentioned the real estate agents. Okay, great. So if it's, if everyone out there is a real estate agent and it's not that hard to do, well, then how are you differentiating yourself from the 30 other real estate agents on your block? The same with coaching. And, and so, but you are always adding that life component and you, you have to, I mean, we can't separate life and business. We're, 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 it's all together. Uh, yeah, that, that's a great line. That's a great line uh, that you can't, that, that it's hard to separate. I mean, me and looking at somebody specifically self-employment, I mean, that's, that's a lifestyle oh. choice. That's not a business choice initially. And so I learned because my initial joy was, I like developing ideas, love doing that. And yet I'd come in and find out, Ooh, man, there's some other stuff that's a little more acute here that we have to take care of. So my avatar in essence for that is my primary business partner, uh, Dr. Randy James. He's an MD 
And we have a lady, of course, I won't name her, but she had some significant health issues. So there was plenty of things to address from a medical standpoint. However, when it all came down and he got full context on her and and this went on over a little bit of time, he finally said, look, I'm, I've got lots of things I could have you do. The most acute thing you need to do is get your adult son out of your house. The stress that's causing you, that's causing your marriage, that's causing your finances. He says, anything that I would give you outside of that is probably going to be short change because that's the leading thing. And he kind of backed off and said, I, again, I, you can give me money. I'll give you things to do, but I think it's, uh, gosh, I'm sorry for the term. I can't think of a better one. I'm kind of pissing in the wind. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to result. So that's kind of our avatar now in looking and saying, what is that most acute thing? Because I worked with people again, you know, they want to go after self-employment. They've got a good idea. And, uh, there was a lot on that personal aspect where I said, you know, you right now need to go reconcile this venture with your spouse. Yes. Right now that's getting in the way of anything that we can do. So if we come up with something and you're not, you know, in, in, in coherence there, Uh, So again, back to the life coaching thing and what you said that any type of coaching we're doing, we should be kind of back to sales. Sales is a transfer. It's a feeling we should be doing it Mm -hmm. to care for the person. So if they're hiring you to do X, but you see that X is, is really the main issue. Um, be honest to that and Mm -hmm. start there. Yes. Yes. You know, again, there's so many responses here and I'm not going to continue going through them. I think the biggest thing that I came out or that you'll see in these testimonials is, and there, again, there were, there's a guy here. He says, Tony Elam, I hired a business coach. I didn't achieve the results that I wanted. I don't blame the coach. I think it was more my expectations prior to hiring, hiring him. I will say, I think I benefited over time from what I learned from him. Gregory Byerline says I did. It was a solid idea, but it didn't pan out. Solid idea of getting a coach. There are people there, but of the people who then did connect with a coach who was able to give them value. They're generally unbelievable evangelists and they'll go after coaching and consulting the rest of their lives because they saw the benefit. Just like you saying, you went after getting some help, even when you could not afford it. I've never had somebody, uh, you know, go after a coach who got some help who then said, I, I regret it. It was a bad investment. Usually it was the best investment I've ever had. And I'll also put this, there are very, very, very few. It should be a question I ask more often, but I usually get more backstory outside of the, the interviews that I do here on the show. I don't know if there's anybody I've interviewed. If you go down through the Ziegler show and see all the people, all the books behind me on the shelf who does not have testimony to a pretty much a coach or consultant that they actually paid. I'll say the majority are there. There are some that will say that they had specific mentors. Of course, Zig was you know famous for his uh, wall of fame and the mentors he had in his life. But the majority of people that I know that are at a high level, the people that we are all listening to, following, being influenced by, they will cite a coach that they flat out paid probably a good amount uh, as mm-hmm. a primary catalyst for their success, just as you and I do. And you know what? Not one person is going to be the end all be all. If you can get one idea, one idea yeah. from a coach or, or a consultant, it's worth it. It's really worth it. It has to be one idea that you're actually going to implement <laughs> because you have to do the work. So there, there's no magic formula. There's no magic coach. But if one that that's always been my philosophy. I may not agree with everything that, that a coach has told me to do, but if I got one good idea, it was well worth the investment. Okay, Michelle, I could see in your eyes there you've got a point uh, to make here. Tell me what you're thinking. Okay. Well, so all the positives of coaching and I am we're both big, big proponents of it. However, there can be people who spend too much time getting coached, and that's a problem. 
And what I mean by that is if you're going from coach to coach, mastermind to mastermind, and you're just, all you're doing is learning and that's a great thing, but at some point you have to implement. And I do see this a lot. And I'm frankly, this was me for a couple of years there. I had so much great information and because I really wanted to accelerate my, my success of my business. So I thought, well, let's shorten the learning curve. I'm going to learn from this guy. I'm going to learn from this lady. I'm going to go to these masterminds. But what happened is I had no time to actually implement. So my advice would be do take coaching and do find a great coach or a great mastermind. But at some point, no, you have to take all that advice and, and implement. And sometimes you just need to listen to yourself too, because you know what is best for your business. Take what you learn, take what works, but then go implement. Okay. I would have never come up with that thought. And yet it is dead on. I have seen people use it almost as a crutch and a reason not to take action. And gosh, the other point of that though, Michelle is that sometimes as a, it's all said on my side, as a consultant, I found there were times when I did have somebody who just wanted me to tell them hundred percent what to do. And, and I found myself and it took me a while at first I took that responsibility on errantly. And I thought, Oh my gosh, they're paying me. I have to figure it all out. And I burnt my, it's part of what burnt me out for a time um, from doing it. And I backed off and then I realized I was taking responsibility. I give my best. It's their life. It's their business. It's their journey. They have to go do that. So I would say to those coaches and consultants out there, you cannot be responsible for making this happen for some people. And I definitely realize, and I'm sure you have that there's some times when I realize, man, I think I want this more than they do. And oh my goodness. Absolutely. <laughs> that's a bad kind of, place. Yeah. The analogy that comes to mind is it's kind of like a doctor, you know, he knows exactly what to, for you to, for, for what you need to do to feel better. And he's going to give you the prescription for it. But when you walk out those doors, it's up to you to go to the store and get the, that prescription filled and take it. Yeah. You know, that's not his responsibility or her responsibility. And that's not the coaches. We're there to give them the advice, encourage them, but ultimately I had to keep, I'm just so glad you brought that up. I think that it's, it's so relevant for both sides, for those of you out there coaching and consulting that you need to realize that, that your person's responsible for themselves. They've got to go. And on the other side for us getting that, that we can get over, I've never heard that you get over coached. Uh, but yeah, it brings to mind experiences I've had where people are just, they're just voraciously, like you said, going to every seminar, hiring people constantly. And it's a way to feel like there's progress, almost kind of like that aspect of being busy. Yes. Being busy for busy sake, but you actually don't produce, which I can do that sometimes um, in my procrastination. Yes, yes. I'm always amazed at this amazing project that's awesome. I'm excited about it, yet it's just hard work. It's much easier to go answer emails or see if there's Facebook messages or whatever. So, uh, great point. Thank you for pulling that one out. You know what? I will add one thing there as I'm thinking about some of the people that I pay. Um, there are some times when I could probably get coaching in a certain area, but I real coaching to help me do X, Y, Z. And then I'll realize I don't really want to invest myself in that arena. Can I just hire you or somebody to just do that for me? Yes. I don't want coaching and how to do my finances. I don't, I'll pay to have that done. So is that a form of coaching? I, I think it is. So there's another way to look at the expenditure of getting help. I probably do more of that, of paying, uh, Michael Hyatt, we interviewed recently, and he talked about uh, automating things, delegating them, or eliminating them. Automating, I'm usually paying for, whether that's a program, an app, or whatever, or a platform, or, or hiring somebody. Well, I guess hiring somebody then is delegating that. 
I spend more money on those than I do flat out coaching these days, though I, I have had a you know, specific coaching. Well, gosh, again, you and I have been doing it on, on books and um, podcasting, and I do a good amount of the podcasting arena right now. Uh, granted, I have the ability to you know pick up the phone or, or email or text and hit some pretty high-end folks. But we, again, generally do it with reciprocity. I'll, I'll tell you guys, Jordan Harbinger, who has an incredible show. He used to be the host of The Art of Charm. And now he has his own show and he's just doing really good. He's kind of the modern day, how to win friends and influence people. Um, he's really consistent on just shooting a text saying, Hey, what are you working on? What's something I can help you with? And uh, of course I'd love your help, you know, and, or can we just trade promotion or whatever? He really, uh, uh reaches out a lot. It's been a good testimony to me to do that more and to say, Hey, what can I do for you? And yeah, I could use some help as well. Um, again, I just, love like, that. just like we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Well, Hey, that's a topic near and dear to our heart. Uh, obviously I hope we did some justice to folks out there as far as those of you who need to get some coaching, well, which I would say is everybody, everybody, you're going to benefit, even if you are a coach to get some coaching or consulting, but hopefully that'll help some of you who want to do it and want to do it better as well. It is a, uh, it's not the easiest role to take because you are selling you. And I know that's difficult for for a lot of folks. Um, but if you're doing a book folks, contact Michelle, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, she's Thank right. At hand. Absolutely. Michelle, thanks for doing this. I knew this would be a fun one. Uh, and, uh, I got some great ideas as always from your input and, uh, ideas. Thank you so much. Thanks Kevin. Okay, friends, I think there was just a lot of value there really for all of us. Again, uh, if you have a thought about a book and getting some coaching there and you want to, you know, honestly, if you want to serve and influence people, you should be thinking about a book. So I'd really, really advise you connect with Michelle at michelleprince.com. Coming up next, you know, it's really a joke and almost an expectation that we often work against ourselves. Our mind betrays us. We want one thing and we do another. It's a human condition, right? Well, Yes, it really is, but it doesn't have to be. In this show, I bring you John Asaraf. I'm going to name drop to show you the impact John has had in the areas of the brain and the mind. John has made frequent appearances on Larry King Live. He's been featured in eight films, including the blockbuster smash hit. I'm sure a lot of you saw The Secret and Quest for Success with Richard Branson and the Dalai Lama. He's one of the leading behavioral and mindset experts in the world with a unique ability to help people release the mental and emotional obstacles that prevent them from achieving their very best in life and business. Who of us does not want that? What I appreciate too in John is he is is a leading expert in this area, but he's not a doctor with fancy degrees and certifications. He's an entrepreneur who is like you and me. He's just interested in how to get the most out of ourselves. In the last 25 years, John has grown five multi-million dollar companies in real estate, internet software, brain research, and life and business coaching and consulting. He's the author of two New York Times bestselling books, Having It All and The Answer. His brand new book is called Inner Size the new science to unlock your brain's hidden power. And this book and message was our primary focus in the show. As you'll hear, our conscious mind is what we are aware of. And it accounts for about three to 5% of our brain activity. Meanwhile, the rest of our brain, the subconscious is working to make sure things stay the same. You got a new idea, a new epiphany, a new goal and conviction. Great. Except that now 95% of your brain is working underneath your subconscious or, or as your subconscious to keep you where you are. Why? 
you know what? There's good reason. And you're going to hear about that in just a minute. But the hope here is you can train your subconscious to get with the program and work for you. This is just an exciting show. If I do say so myself, Hey, till then, thank you for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. <music> 